Hey, Teresa, can I ask you a question? You just did. It's Schmanners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's Extraordinary Etiquette. For Ordinary Occasions, hello, my dove. How are you? Hello, dear. You doing good? Yeah. I'm having some, like, sinus allergy things, so if I sound a little stuffy, slash, you know, all bassy, that's probably why. I think it also probably has to do with Airplane air. Yes, that is true. I did uh, just returned from a trip to Los Angeles for, I don't know, a lot of business stuff. But business, 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 business. But I'm back now. That's another explanation as to why this episode is a little bit late. Apologies. You know, we used to be so consistent. We used to do so good. You know what? You're going to get new episodes every week, sometime between Monday and Saturday. <laughs> Um, but this week we are doing another all questions ask Schmanners episode. Uh, so do you want to just kick it off? Do you want to just start it out, or do we want to have more playful banter? Let's just go. No more playful banter. No more banter. Okay. Playful or otherwise. This question is from at Stargate. How do you excuse yourself from a conversation that has gone on too long, specifically at work, but also in general? It's like, I would love to stay in chat, but I have to get back to work. I will say... What's wrong with saying that? (laughs) Yes. I will also say, Stargate, that you then probably enjoy um, small talk chatting a little bit more than I do, because mine is usually, like, in my head, I'm doing a countdown of how long normal people engage in conversation before they are allowed to walk away. I love talking to people, let me be clear. But there's something about small talk that just sets me on edge. I don't know what it is. Just the like, and how are you? Oh yeah, how's your how's it going? How's your day? And like there's something about it that I'm just not good you, at. You like to have focused talk. Yeah, I like big talk. Big, I just don't big, like small talk. Big talk. I mean I don't understand what would be wrong with it's been really great talking to you, but I got stuff to do. I got to head out. I got to like any of that stuff. I I will tell you the problem. Okay. Here's the problem that I run into, at least if I'm not going to assume I'm feeling the same as Stargate. But I think that there is like kind of a natural like, you know, like a uh, like a particle way, you know, like a wave form. That's what I'm looking for, where it goes up and down below the line. Right. And you're trying to find the perfect out point of like the conversation is dipping but it hasn't dipped so far that it looks like I'm running away because this person is boring but it's also not an incredibly interesting point that they just made that they expected me to respond to but now I'm leaving and in trying to find that out point it can get really stressful so then the question actually is when and not how I mean, that's what I would say. I would say when and how long, you know, what's what is a good point in a small talk chat to say like, all right, well, I have to run. It's been great talking with you, but I got to get back to work. I think three exchanges. 
Okay. So the first exchange is, oh, hello, how are you? That's one. The next one is whatever the person has been like, gosh, this weather is crazy, right? That's the number two. The third is um, the, in the way of uh, <clears throat> I'm here looking for dandelion killer. And then the the you say, oh, okay, that's aisle three. And then you get to say, great chatting with you. Have a nice day. Got to get back to work. Is it different if the third thing is like, yeah, my dog's really sick and I'm, I'm really worried about him. And you're like, oh, that's a bummer. Anyways, bye. Great talking <laughs> with you. Well, <laughs> okay, that's a bummer. Uh, it deserves maybe another sentiment but do you think that that is what people are after when they're well, small I mean, talking i think if you're at work with somebody and it's like a coworker you know and like you know they know you well enough to talk like if you say like how's it going and they're like well you know it's kind of a rough weekends my dog's pretty sick you know what i mean like i could see where that might instead of saying well like it's been great talking you got to back that might be a better point to say like ah oh, i listen i would love to talk with you about that, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm so sorry to hear that, but I have to get back to work. What are you doing for lunch? Sure. Or you could even just add one more exchange and be like, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Let me know if you need anything from me. Um, this question is from Percy. How do you appropriately handle a situation where someone has invited themselves to an event slash hangout? Oh, man. This is another one I feel where, like, there's so many factors to it of, like, I could see a situation in which the more the merrier, you know, and, like, you're throwing a party and you just didn't think this person would want to go. And then they're like, oh, are you throwing a party or whatever? But I could also see where, like, this was for a specific group of, like, a dinner with a specific group of friends that you guys never get to see each other and you're really looking forward to getting to spend some time together and somebody invites themselves to i don't know i think that there are two steps and um this actually was addressed in a uh (laughs) in an episode of daniel tiger that bb and i were watching where it's okay you can still be friends with someone and not want to hang out with them right so Prince Wednesday and Prince Tuesday are having brother time in the park and Daniel Tiger wants to play. But Prince Wednesday says, no, we don't want to play with you. We're having special brother time. And the whole episode is about Daniel trying to remember that just because they don't want to play doesn't mean that they don't like him anymore, right? So if a friend doesn't want to play with you... Find something else to do. I Yes. I also think that this is another one of the scenarios, and we run into this from time to time on the show, where in you trying to be politic and you trying to be gentle in your response, I actually think you make it worse. The first step is to try to explain to this person who is inviting themselves that this is not a time for you two to hang out. This is a planned event for another group. And you would be happy to make plans with them for the future, but this occasion is not for them. Right. And then the second step is if that is uh, something that you can't do, and I understand, I've had those occasions as well, you really just have to make the best of it. Um, 
because if they're already there and you don't want to create the the scene of you are not invited, get out, um, then you you have to try and be accommodating and make it so that it doesn't ruin your night. Yeah, I, I, I think it's tough, right? Because sometimes, at least for me, and maybe this isn't true of other people, but at least for me, sometimes the reason... I don't want someone to invite themselves along. It's not that they can't be there, but that I have made plans and like I like sticking to plans. Mm -hmm. And so like, for example, if I have a reservation for four at a restaurant, like, yeah, I could add another person, but like I, but that wasn't the plan. And sometimes that really bothers me. I feel like, but that wasn't the plan. Right. You know? And sometimes you just need to get over it. I know. I hate. I don't. Don't like changing plans. That wasn't the plan. Ugh. I think that's an ADD thing. I'm not sure, but I think that that. I like, think it's a person of, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also think, in general, to kind of flip this around a little bit, if you're the other side of this, you really need to. Everybody likes to be included in things. And mm -hmm. I, I really love including people in things. So I, I actually will say more than worrying about inviting somebody along or somebody inviting themselves along, I'm usually the person who invites way too many people to a thing because I want everyone to feel included. Everybody likes feeling included in things. But there are some things in which you cannot be included or that you don't need to be included. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I would say... If it's something where, so for example, to go back to the thing of like coworkers, if your coworker is having a party and you know that they are and like you haven't and you know you're close with that person, you know you get along with them well, but you just like haven't been in the office for a couple days, I think then it's it's not so bad to say like, hey, I heard you were doing something this weekend and kind of like slightly open the door for them a little bit. And then you can kind of tell if they say stuff like, oh, you know, yeah, it's just a small, then like, cool. Then they have already invited too many people in their part or whatever. But if it's something where somebody says like, yeah, I'm so excited. My brother's coming in town. I never get to see him and we're going to this baseball game. Don't say like, oh, baseball game. I love baseball <laughs> game. I'd love to go. Like, you know, there's that certain amount of if they wanted to and the opportunities there and they don't. Yeah. Be you know, ah. there's a question. Actually, let me find it. And if that if that really bumps you out, you know, try and make plans with them for another time. Right. Then then the two of you can just be our little group. You know. Um. So okay, let to do. I gotta find, but I'm filling the time. I hear it <laughs> is. I'm filling it seamless, seamless, seamless. Oh, no, I can't find it. Hold on. Yeah, almost there. Okay. Okay, here it is. This is from, uh, I'm going to say Rafe. Um, maybe Raph. Are there any quick and easy body language tricks that you can teach to help us read a room better? Like, if someone leans on a table a certain way, does that mean they're open to listen to us? If someone locks their fingers as they lean back, stuff like that. There are a couple of really easy ways to do this um <clears throat> so if someone has an open body posture 
um, where they're, uh, they are facing you, sitting towards you, pointing their knees towards you, things like that. Uh, then that usually means that they're open to receive whatever it is you're you're talking about. It's a thing we had to learn a lot in acting class in fame school because like kind of a natural human body thing when you're a little bit nervous is to like cross your arms in front of your body. Mm-hmm. And like it became, it's a thing that the actor is doing but it's not necessarily a choice for the character. Exactly. So it's a thing you have to be really careful of on stage of like, okay, well, right now you're doing that. You're sending a signal to the audience of like your character doesn't want to talk to this person Mm -hmm. when really you, the actor, don't know what to do with your hands. Right. So uh, like you said, crossed arms, Um, someone who is facing away from a conversation. Um, The best way that I can can describe this is um, if you think about at a restaurant, right? If there's a bar and people are facing towards their drink at the bar, they they don't really want to talk. But if the stools are kind of facing each other, like knees pointed towards each other, and there's a space in between the two, then you can assume that they're open for conversation. Um, and then another good one is, do they have something in their hands? Um, if someone's hands are completely full, they're probably not in the mood to talk. That's just something that that people do, like hold on to their purse or um, hold on to a, a, a drink and a plate. Um, even if they have like books in their hands or things like that, that creates a boundary between them and other people. Another good one, if the person is like on the move, and they don't stop when you engage them. Mm-hmm. One, it's quite possible that the reason is literally they have somewhere to be, and it's probably not a good time to try to engage them in conversation. But it might also be that the topic of conversation you wish to engage them in is not something they want to address right then. But these are all good things to like read a person. But I, I do want to clarify, like oftentimes when I say like read a room, it's more of like. I guess the definition I would say to that is like analyze the whole event situation. So, for example, it's very different. So talking about conversation, right? If you're at a dinner with someone, especially if it's like a one-on-one dinner, but even a dinner party, that is a better opportunity to engage in a more in-depth discussion of a topic Mm -hmm. as opposed to like a cocktail party where everyone's moving around and the whole thing is supposed to be everybody gets a chance to talk with each other that's probably not the time to like try to focus someone's attention entirely on the conversation you want to have so it's more like that of like we can't give a blanket statement about in conversation don't engage in deep topics Because it is different depending on the situation you're in. Right. And I mean, I think that another part of reading the room is is listening to the room. Is there a lot of people laughing? Is there a lot of people speaking in kind of hushed tones? You want to try and match that energy. Yeah. So this is a good example I have of this. And go with me here because this is weird. Okay. But when I worked in retail... Right. <laughs> I me. I remember working the like customer service, you know, the, the checkout mm-hmm. and there would be, you know, like three or four people in line to talk to customer service and a fourth person would like try to zip to the front of the line and say, yeah, but I just have a, a, a question. 
And it's like, okay, but like everybody read else read the room because that's exactly what this that's what this is. That this is that scenario. Everyone has a question. That's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And like you didn't stop to think about the situation. You just thought, well, I want to do this. My my thing is more important. And that's a situation which I would say like you need to analyze the situation better before you engage this thing. Certainly. Um, it's, a, it's a thing that I still am working on. Um, let's see. This is from Cassandra. Is there book club etiquette? Ooh. Um, I haven't read a lot of books since BB was born, but I used to go to a book club. Um, I think that it's it's all about how your book club operates. Um, for when I was in a book club, we met at um, people's homes, and so there was kind of the idea where you would all we would all like do our little eating first. So you know we put out snacks and stuff like that. Crudite, crudite, finger sandwiches. Everyone would have their little snack something. And then we would all sit down and discuss the book kind of round robin, right? Where everybody got a turn to talk. That was one way that we Mm -hmm. did it. Um, Another way in another book club that I was in in L.A. was it was kind of it, it, it was more back and forth of eating and talking and moving around and asking questions. And it was more like um we were just kind of hanging out talking about this book, not not the idea of like this is a sanctioned thing, we're gonna eat, we're gonna do our thing. Like so less structured. It, yeah. yeah. So it really depends on your book club. But I think that there are a couple things that translate to all of them. Um make sure you've read your book. Yeah. If you haven't read the book, probably don't need to be there. Or um, if it's something where you just like you just couldn't finish it, you just couldn't take care of it like that, and you still wanted to have the camaraderie, I would just su- watch the movie. <laughs> I would suggest that you pull yourself out of the conversation a little more so that you are not, um, you know, if you're doing that kind of round robin style. You can say, you know, I just didn't have time to finish and I'm but I'm really interested in what other people have to say and toss it back to somebody else. Yes. I will also say and these are more general conversational tips, but I think they really apply to a book club or anything that's like an analytical discussion. And this is stuff I work really hard on. But if someone says a point that excites you and makes you think of an idea don't interrupt them with that idea like that is a thing that happens to me where i'm like yeah oh yeah and like how and now i have one cut them off and two taken their point as my own Mm -hmm. um instead just let them finish their point and then say yeah you know i i felt the same way but like let them complete their idea And on kind of the inverse of that, if someone has an observation or an interpretation that you don't agree with, rather than say, I think that's wrong or I do not agree, instead say, that is interesting. What made you feel that way? Or I had a different take. Right. So that way you're not saying, oh, your opinion's wrong and let me tell you why. Instead, you're saying, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Please go on. Mm -hmm. Right. Because one, it might be 
that what they then say illuminates something you didn't think of. But two, it also the whole reason to have a book club and to have this kind of discussion is sharing their opinions and ideas. And you right. don't want to be the person who is shooting down people's opinions that are different from you. And I mean that both in book club and in life. It is not a good way to be. Um, but yeah, if that happens, ask questions. If someone says something that, you know, is kind of blow, you know, baffling to you, rather than just move past it, ask them like, oh, I totally missed that. What, you know, what made you feel that way? Where did you get, you know, and, and make sure you're saying it in an I am interested kind of way and not like, what <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of way? I also think uh, the one last thing for book club etiquette is as far as the next book goes, I think that um, there are there are two things to say about it. The first one being don't be afraid to stretch yourself a little bit. If it's not the kind of book that you usually read, give it a chance. That said, the second one is if you're really certain that you don't like it, you don't have to finish it in order to go to book club. Yes. Not having time to finish the book, uh, not caring about finishing the book is completely different from, I did not enjoy this book. Uh, I did not want to finish it. I read the first half and I could not read it anymore. Let me tell you why. Exactly. That, that is it. I know many reviewers, movie, video game, book, all of them professionally, and it is perfectly, I think, viable to say, like, no, here's my critique of the book. I didn't like it. Right. Like, I'm, I, there's, we only have so much time on this earth. Um, and I think that that's completely different from my, you know, my suggestion earlier that you, you read the book you're going to talk about. Um, because there's a difference between not, being willing to form an opinion because you can't be bothered to read the book and then the the other thing of I have already formed an opinion and I do not like it or care for it and I think but also along those same lines when you get into that conversation I statement of I did not care for this book I was not engaged in this book rather than saying this book is not good mm-hmm. because one most likely somebody picked that book for book club and two there's also a very good chance someone felt differently and really liked it. Right. And so this is all your opinion. Uh, we're going to be back with more questions. But first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? This week, we're sponsored in part by ModCloth. Ready to make waves this season? Head right over to ModCloth. Hit the beach in aquatic prints, rainbow brights, and sun swimwear. The thing about ModCloth is all of that stuff, yes, is available, but there is so much more because ModCloth's signature label is designed by women for women, and all of these looks come in full, a full-size range, extra, extra small to 4X. And let me tell you, I was very pleasantly surprised about the scaling. I, I did receive... Um, a a gift card for ModCloth and I (laughs) used that and then more (laughs) because I found so much great stuff on the site. Um, I was really excited about, you know, when, when something goes into extra large 1X, 2X, which I often have to take because I'm a curvy lady 
um, they don't scale up right. Something something gets weird sometimes about the the bigness where you need it. And I did not find that at all to be the case with Mod Cloth. It felt very much like they thought about the way to design each size so that it looked right and didn't just look big. And the way about uh, the you can have questions and you can talk to their team um, online or you can call them and they are really ready to um, hook you up with styling help. I got my things and I found that they were too large. Do you know what was very easy? The return. All you have to do is go on their site, uh, mark why you need to return, even if it's just I didn't like it, and you can print out a free return label and take it to, I think, any... I'm, I'm not, I can't remember if it was USPS. Take it somewhere. Take it yeah. somewhere. <laughs> take it where they tell you to take it. And it was so easy. And you exchanged, right? And I exchanged. And yeah. I got different sizes and it was perfect. So what we can do is you can get 15% off of your purchase of $100 or more. And let me tell you, it was very easy to spend more than $100. Go to M-O-D. C-L-O-T-H dot com and enter the code SCHMANNERS at checkout. This offer is not going to last long. It expires August 4th, 2018. So hurry up and get there. Modcloth.com with the code SCHMANNERS at checkout. Uh, I'd also like to tell you about Quip. Q-U-I-P. Here's the thing. I've owned uh, electric toothbrushes before, and oftentimes, one, they're very pricey, and two, they come with features that I never ended up using, and they're so focused on, like, flashy design and additional stuff of, like, and also, I don't know, pairs with your phone or whatever. I don't know. Who knows what anything (laughs) does these days? But with Quip, it's a new electric toothbrush at a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes, and they just focus on what you need. So basically, when it starts, it it, it lets you know, one, when to cycle between sections of teeth, which is very useful for me. So you know when you're going top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right as you move throughout. But also, like, it does a perfect two-minute clean and lets you know when you're done brushing. Plus, the guiding pulse is, oh, yeah, this is here to switch it. And then also, this is what I really appreciate. They'll deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping, which is so good because, let's all be honest, how often do we really remember, like, ah, three months, time to switch. Come on. We're busy. We don't (laughs) remember that. So, like, having that shipped on that schedule is amazing. And Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash schmanners right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash schmanners. Check it out. Start taking care of your chompers. Go do it. Getquip.com slash schmanners. (laughs) i love it oh good stuff every time uh well i hope that you're enjoying this podcast you're listening to as much as we are pretending to 
But anyway, why not listen to another podcast, too? It's called The Flophouse. And on our podcast, uh, we have recently watched a movie, often a bad movie, and we review it on our podcast, but mainly talk about other stuff and, I don't know, hang out. It's all about hanging out, feeling like you're being with your best friends. Who are your best friends? Us three. Dan McCoy, <laughs> Emmy Award-winning writer for The Daily Show, Stuart Wellington, owner of the best bar in Brooklyn, Hinterlands, and Elliot Kalin, former Emmy-winning head writer for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, former head writer of Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, uh, so many things. Author of the upcoming children's book, All right, that's Dog. enough. The Elliot's credits just go on and on. Yeah, but if you like the idea of listening to three funny guys talk about bad movies, then why not come over and listen to The Flop House? It's uh, available at MaximumFun.org or wherever fine podcasts are found. So get out of here. Uh, either way, we're now on the Max Fun Network, and uh, I would like it if you checked it out. Uh, it's a lot less professional than what you're hearing right now. Um, <laughs> speaking of not as professional, I just... It's a minute. I, no, I just, I just hit record. Just... <laughs> 20 seconds ago. Oh. So we got the end of that. So just give us what the head again. Say? All right. Hey, my name's Jonah Ray. Well, no, it doesn't matter, Neil. My name's Jonah Ray. Uh, this is, uh, I have a podcast uh, called Jonah Radio with my friends Cash. Oh, you gave your credits Neil. at the top. Um, no, it wasn't recorded. That's exactly no, 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 what he just we gotta, said. No, but we know, got, so now, now you got to do your credits. Where do people know you from? Forget it. Listen to Jonah Radio on maxfun.org. Okay, this next question I really like. All right. And I don't know the answer to it. Okay, this let's, is from let's hit it. Emma, when are you giving an explanation without making an excuse? And as I asked the question, I thought of the answer to it. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead then. I think it comes down to intention and expectation. Okay. Is if you are giving an explanation and expecting that to make the situation all better, it is an excuse. Mm. Because I think there's, for example, if you are late because you hit traffic, I think it is perfectly fine to say, sorry, I am late. I encountered unexpected traffic, right? Because like that's better than just being like, yeah, I'm late, <laughs> right? So I think it's okay to say that. But then if you do that, Without like making apologies and you know offering to make up for lost time or whatever, if you think just the fact that you have an explanation gets you out of trouble, that's an excuse. You know, does okay. that make sense? I also think <clears throat> that timing is something that separates the two. Um, I think that an explanation has a has a modem of uh, of being in the moment. Yes. Whereas an excuse is more of like an afterthought, right? So if someone, to use your example, if you walk into work late and you go to your desk like nothing happened and somebody says, well, you're late and you go, oh, well, you know, I hit traffic. That's that's different yes. than if you were to walk in and go right to your boss's um, cubicle and be like, look, I'm really sorry I'm late. I hit traffic. I'm going to work on it so that I don't hit that traffic ever again. I think that 
is also additionally is like so if you are late to work on Monday because you hit traffic and you say sorry I'm late I hit traffic and then you're late to work on Tuesday because mm-hmm. you hit traffic now it starts to be an excuse because why didn't you leave earlier because exactly. that had just happened also yeah. I will say and this is a you know another leading by example um, sometimes like when I know I'm going to be late to something because something has happened I think, oh, I should let that person know before I am late. Mm-hmm. But then I have the feeling of like, well, but no, maybe, maybe it's fine. Maybe they won't know. Maybe because no. I don't want to address it. It's always better. Like if you're supposed to be somewhere at 10 and you know you're not going to get there till 10, 10 or 10, 15, it's always better at 945 to say like, hey, sorry, the ETA I have, I, you know, I might get there sooner, but I probably won't get there till 10, 15 always better rather than someone sitting there at 10 10 and thinking did they forget where are they is everything okay mm-hmm. do i need to call them what is happening this is something that i encountered while we were working in la um the place i was working was right along some very heavy traffic route, traffic routes and so it was always better if i would call my boss ahead of time and be like um I know that uh, we still have 15 minutes, but I'm way behind today and I don't know if I'm going to make it on time. I want to let you know that I will be there. And he was always more appreciative than someone appreciative. There it is. (laughs) Than someone who walked in two or three minutes late because they were, you know, they couldn't find a parking spot or whatever. I mean, most people these days have cell phones. Um, There is a way to reach them. So I think that it's always better to say that you're going to be late and then not be late. Yeah, right. (laughs) Then not say anything and be late. This question is from Mateus. Mateus? Probably. I'm sorry. I'm so bad at names. (laughs) Uh, When it comes, I just have, I find I don't have any kind of intuitive sense. Like I look at it and I'm like, those are letters. And there's just something about like the phonetics and like, what sound do letters make? I just uh, I said that out loud, thinking pretty soon I'm going to teach my daughter to read. Um, poor BB. Okay, when it comes to art, lots of people compliment my art by putting their own down, making it a little awkward to accept their compliments. How should I respond to them? This is something that I think happens a lot in today's society. Um, the constant comparing nature uh, of art of bodies, of um, socioeconomic status, any of those things uh, makes people try and downplay their own experiences and their own things in order to lift somebody up. And there isn't any reason why we have to do that. We don't. You don't have to downplay yourself in order to lift somebody. And I think that if this happens a lot to you, you can have a little script that you say um, in the way of like, okay, so we'll take this example of the art. You can say, everybody expresses themselves differently. I'm glad you enjoyed my art. I bet yours is also great. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, because it's one of two things. It's, I don't know, this is another one of those. Is this a common phrase or is this a macroism? I think it's a common phrase. Fishing for compliments? I think that is. Yeah. yeah. Because it's possible that they really like your art and they want you to say that theirs is good too. And so th- rather than trusting the exchange of, 
I like yours. I like yours too. They are leaving the window open for you to say something nice. Or I would say what happens to me a lot to get a little bit of that imposter syndrome mm. where like, you know, so let's say, you know, you're a painter and you meet like a famous painter. You don't want to also identify yourself as a painter because they're a painter and you're not on their level. But I will tell you as someone who now is like a professional creator, like you, everybody who does it, there, there's like this weird kind of like camaraderie of like, you do this thing, I do this thing. Right. And like everybody likes to meet somebody else who does the. I love meeting people who make podcasts. And like I, I have found that people will say, I love your show. I do a show too. I mean, like it's stupid and only like three people listen. And it's like, okay, cool. But like you also do it. Like we have shim- similar experiences and similar points of reference. And like is inherently we share that in common. And I think you don't, there is not leagues when it comes to creating because it's quite possible. Here's the thing about art and how subjective it is. It's quite possible you are a better artist than the famous, well-known artist. You're just not famous and well-known, right? But, like, Hmm. being famous and well-known doesn't inherently mean that their art is better. And so, anyways, so what I'm saying is you're a better (laughs) artist than them. No, I just, I don't think you ever have to qualify. Like you were saying, you never have to qualify your the quality of your art to compliment like it just isn't a thing because it's subject this isn't like being a basketball player and saying i really liked how you got a hundred points and i got two points like it's (laughs) completely subjective you know and one of that two points won the game i'm just saying you don't have to put yourself down to compliment someone else there's plenty of room up here for everyone and so if you encounter this i think that it is all right for you to um to let this person know that just because you enjoy mine doesn't mean that yours is not enjoyable as well. And I think also if you want to make it a little more personal, it's okay to say like, oh, what kind of art do you do? Oh, that sounds great. You know what I mean? Like, Certainly. Get them to talk about themselves a little bit. This is from Nelly. What are some good social media practices you should try to use daily? Oh, man. So I think that the first one is putting something on a post in the way of nobody cares excuse me nobody cares about this or what's the big deal or things like that um it is better in in the cosmos (laughs) for you to just scroll on by in general i think that that is my kind of social media top tip and it's something that i have been working on for the last couple years and that teresa has been very helpful of like have the impulse to say something and then think like is this a thing that needs to be said or is this just a thing that i thought right because there are lots of observations i will have and it listen so here's an example say i'm having a soda And I think this soda is delicious. Do I then need to share that with the world? Or is it fine if I just think the soda is (laughs) delicious? Like that is a thing. And then scale that up to like reading the news and being like, there's a lot of horrible stuff going on. Yeah, that's true. Is that something that you need to hop on Twitter and say? Or is it something you want to turn to a friend or to a partner or to a relative and just be like, I'm really stressed out about the stuff that's going on in the world. 
and trying to find what needs to be said and what doesn't and what needs to be shared and what doesn't. And if you're a super open person and you want to talk about how delicious your soda is, that's perfectly fine. That's Social media is, is there for that. But I think that sometimes we feel in social media that you want to stay relevant by mm. posting a lot of content and talking a lot. But... And that's how I feel in general in life in comedy. <laughs> so I know that feeling. But what I've learned both in life, in conversation, and in social media, that not saying every single thing that pops in your head means that when you do say something that you do think is important, people are probably more likely to listen because it stands out more than if you just are constantly saying everything that pops into your head. Right. And then my second uh, general kind of advice is it's okay to like your friend's stuff, especially in Twitter. Give out those hearts. Yeah. If you don't like, there isn't a uh, what a limit on the amount that you can do. And if your friend posts post something on Instagram that you think is really pretty, let them know. Give it a little heart. Why not? Uh, yeah, I think in general it's like. It might feel a little patronizing, but like responding to something like, this is great or so funny. I really like this. When I see my friends doing that on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, like, I really appreciate it. Like, I'm putting it up there for people to enjoy. Right. And knowing that they do is great. Um, so I think we have time for one more question. And this is, Brigitte, let me tell you, I feel you. I feel this. I need to know, when you get your hair washed at a nice salon, are you supposed to close your eyes or leave them open? This is in general, I have this anytime anybody is like in front of me, if I'm getting a haircut and you know they're working on the front of my hair, if I'm getting an eye exam, keep your eyes open on an eye <laughs> exam. But like anytime, any, like I just, uh, for the uh, D&D stream thing I did this weekend, there was a makeup person who like did a scar for me and like, you know, put some powder on my face. And I did have that moment of like, well, if I keep my eyes open, I'm just like staring at this person looking at my face. But if I close my eyes, is that weird? And I'm just like, they're not there. So um, I think that there that you can do either. And but there's ways to do them. Right. So if you're, for example, like the question asker said, if you're getting your hair washed. I think it's perfectly acceptable to close your eyes because there is water being sprayed on your head and you naturally want to close your eyes for those sorts of things. Um, but, you know, open your eyes, check in, make sure that the person washing your hair doesn't think you're asleep. And then you can close your eyes again. And listen, if you are asleep, I get it. Because <laughs> hair washing is very ASMR. It's my favorite part of going to the salon. I get it. And then if you would rather keep your eyes open, I think that a good compromise is to, instead of staring down the person who is yeah, doing it. Yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> find Especially if of, they're like cutting your hair in their front. Don't like track them with your eyes like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, over there, huh? Uh, find a kind of middle distance to focus in, right? Um, and I'm not saying let your eyes go glassy and unfocused. Or do. Maybe. I, it's fine. <laughs> going to a trance, it's fine. But uh, not staring them down, I think, is is really the object here. You want to kind of find a, a middle distance focus. But I think to answer your question, Brigitte, what we are both saying is there is no right answer to it. I don't know if anybody... And listen... This is one of those times where if we're wrong, stylists, 
feel free to like tweet at us at Schmannerscast and say like I find it very rude when people are like ignoring me or I find it very weird when people are just staring off in the distance. <laughs> but I think that the answer is in most situations like getting a haircut or getting a massage or something like that, they want you to be, it is a, a, is a, it's focused on you. It's right. you focus. It's about your, um, your enjoyment of it. It's, you know what I mean? So they want you to be comfortable. That's what I'm looking that's for. That's what it is. And so if you are feeling awkward about it, that's not comforting. Right. So do what makes you not feel awkward or Remember that you're not the first person to receive a haircut and the stylist probably has people who close their eyes, probably has people who stare them down. So just relax a little bit. The phrase I was trying to find is it's focused on your experience, Ah. but I kept having the word enjoyment pop in my head Mm. and that sounded weird to me. Like (laughs) a haircut is about your enjoyment. No, your experience. It's a customer experience. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Um, I have something I would like to say. Okay. Actually, two somethings. A lot of my things have been two-parter this episode. Okay. The first one being, um, I have been working for a long time to get an LBGTQ plus um, contributor in order to discuss some of the questions that we get um, from a different angle. And I wanted to let everyone know that I know it's Pride Month and we are attempting to accomplish this this month. We'll do our best. And then the second Specifically, thing, yeah, so we're, yeah. we're focusing on like a dating episode right. that is not you know, heteronormative or, and, you know, non-conforming, that kind of thing. So we're working on that. Um, we want to make sure that we are not talking out of turn based on our life experiences where mm-hmm. we are both uh, not the LGBT community. Um, so we are working on getting someone to, to come on the show. And it is in the works and I hope to accomplish it within June, but... Even if we can't get it through in June, I'm going to do it. And the second one being, it's June, the sixth month. I will be posting our lovely thank yous for everything that people send to us in the P.O. box. Um, Look for it in our Twitter feed on the Facebook, which is uh, called Schmanners Fanners, uh, which is a fan run Facebook group, but I will be posting that and I'll also post it to some of the other McElroy show groups and Twitters and such like that. So thank you so much for all of those things. We read every letter. We look at every postcard. We, um, you know, love all the, the little trinkets and things that let us know that you're listening and enjoying. Thank also, you so much. So it doesn't fly on by. Happy Pride Month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. There's a ton on there and seemingly new ones all the time. Um, there is, I think we mentioned it last week, but Bubble is coming soon. If it's not already out already, I actually don't know what the release date is, but it's coming soon. Um, but there is, uh, you can go ahead and find it on iTunes and subscribe to it uh, so that you don't miss out on the episodes. And let's see what else. You can email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com. 
Um, like I said, you can tweet at us at Cast. Please let your friends know about the show. Go on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. It really does help us. Who else do we thank? We always thank Brent, Brentel Floss Black, for uh, our theme music. And that is available as a ringtone where those are sold. And then we also thank Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Go check out her portfolio. We also like to thank Keely Weiss Photography for the cover photo for the Fan Run Facebook group, again, called Schmanners Fanners. Go ahead and join that group if you are looking for like-minded Schmanners Fanners. (laughs) They are very good at dispensing polite advice. And I think that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.